Welcome to the Beyond 3D podcast, where we explore all things 3D and the important role that 3D data plays throughout the manufacturing process, driving decisions throughout a product's life cycle. Here, we talk with industry analysts, business owners, developers, and industry influencers, and hear real stories that you can relate to and learn from, and know which trends and technologies apply to your business. So join us as we go Beyond 3D. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond 3D. We're very happy to have you. This is our first episode of 2017. Happy New Year. We're excited to have a couple people from 3D PDF Consortium here, the experts when it comes to 3D PDF. So I'd just like to introduce Jerry McFeeters, Executive Director of the 3D PDF Consortium, and Phil Spryer, Technical Director for the 3D PDF Consortium. Welcome, Jerry and Phil. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Happy New Year. Hey, same to you. <laughs> and from uh, TechSoft 3D, we have Dave Opsall, Vice President of Corporate Development. Hey, Dave, welcome back. Thanks, Angela. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. So I think a lot of people have, and we've been talking about 3D PDF for a while now, and I think a lot of people have heard of it and probably have even heard of the 3D PDF Consortium, but there's always questions, right? So why don't you start by giving us a little bit of background on yourselves and then also how and why the 3D PDF Consortium got started. Okay, yeah, this is Jerry. And my background is, uh, I have an engineering background. And in about 1979, a long, long time ago, I was talking to a friend and he said he worked for a company called Computer Vision. And I had no idea what that was. And he decided to show me that and I was blown away by what computer vision could do back then. And eventually I got hooked on it. So I was involved in CAD and doing 3d CAD work back in the eighties and actually continued that all the way up until uh, about 2005 or so. So that's my background and how I got involved there. And in terms of the consortium itself, it was formed in 2012, and I came on board a couple of years after that. Uh, but it was uh, it filled a void that was left when Adobe, who initiated the, the concept of 3D PDF, uh, they decided that it wasn't their bag, so to speak. They decided they wanted to migrate the 3D part out to uh, other people who were probably more involved with the 3D environment, engineers, and, and firms that worked in that environment. So several companies were involved, and it made sense to uh, – it, it got started, and Dave probably knows more about this than I do, but they got started because it felt like it had to have a way to communicate with each other on the important things that needed to be done uh, with 3D PDF. So uh, they got together and decided to form a consortium, and, of course, uh, like I said earlier, it became a – uh, consortium in 2012. Okay. And the kind of the, do you have like a specific mission purpose? I'm guessing maybe around education and awareness of 3D PDF? Right. There are three basic areas. One of the important ones is the standards. Uh, there are ISO standards for uh, Adobe products and, and PDF already. Uh, but there wasn't one associated with uh, 3D engineering types of standards. So that was one of the 
primary reasons for, for having the consortium and, and one of the missions of the consortium was for standards. A lot of people were using PDF files back then for their 2D drawings, if you will, and documents. But when 3D came out, not very many people were aware that that capability existed. And mm-hmm. so that was another major component of the mission is to educate people on on the power and the capabilities of being able to view a 3D CAD model, if you will, in a PDF environment, uh, because a lot of companies were already using the PDF environment for uh, sending secure documents throughout their enterprises. So education, standards, and then uh, one of the other missions that came about is an implementer form. And what the implementer form is, it's kind of like a a testing and a validation of how well different CAD formats play with each other. And uh, so there was an exercise put together by Standard Parts where you go from typically, historically, what was done, you go from one CAD system into another CAD system and see if everything came out like it originated. PDF is a little bit different because we don't go from a CAD system into 3D PDF and then back out to a CAD system. because it's a more of a document documentation format, there's no real need to go back into other CAD systems. Although I think Phil could answer this better than I can. I think the capability does exist, but it's uh, typically not used very much. Right. I think we're actually going to get into that question too about how it's actually different. It's not a CAD format. It's a documentation format, right? And I think that's a, a misconception we'll address. But before we get there, Let's just hear quickly from Phil and a little bit about your background, Phil. Hi. Um, so I've been involved in the mechanical CAD industry for about 25 years now. I've had uh, expertise or my past has been involvement with 3D solid modeling and data translators. And about six years ago, I became involved with uh, 3D PDF while I was working with TechSoft 3D. And I moved on to work with the 3 PDF Consortium about four years ago. And I've been technical director with the consortium since then. I work uh, with all the consortium members on our technical programs. I'm also the ISO member uh, to the uh, technical committee and working groups for the PDF ISO efforts. So I represent the 3 PDF Consortium at all those events, all those means that we have as we go ahead and work to advance the standards forward. Excellent. Okay. So let's uh, let's go back to what Jerry was talking about because I mean, there's so many different I think misconceptions and things like that. But one thing that I think people don't realize is exactly what you were saying, Jerry, is that it's a it's a documentation format, not an engineering file format. So let's let's dig into that a little bit more and and talk about you know how is 3D PDF different than other engineering file formats or data files. Well, the, uh, I think one of the easiest ways to describe it, if it hasn't already been described, is uh, it's essentially a PDF file within which CAD data has been imported to be able to visualize what those CAD models are and all the information, metadata, and the PMI information about those CAD models uh, is contained within a PDF environment. And by virtue of having a 3D model inside of a PDF environment, it becomes a 3D PDF file. There's nothing up there other than that, and it's really it really is a PDF file. Yeah. So when when I think about the CAD, the data formats that are traditionally used in CAD, and I think about PDF, 
I find them to be quite different. You know, the traditional CAD data formats were there to uh, represent just basically a bunch of data without the context for that data. So you would need an application to read that specific data. Let's say you have a DWG file. It has a bunch of information from a CAD system, AutoCAD, but you actually have to have that format in order to read that. And it doesn't have it doesn't really have structure to it. When you look at a PDF file, PDFs are designed to, you know, to represent a document. It stands for a portable document format. And so what it does is it gives you context to your data. So it puts it in a readable format. Uh, you can add text and other things to it. It gives you the 3D data and presents that in a way that you can add information to that data as well, to that uh, 3D data as well. And it presents it to the user in a way that you can have user interface and user interactions that would actually affect the 3D in it. So when you put the 3D data in a PDF file, what you get is this rich document that's really meant to communicate a specific function or a specific process or you know a specific workflow. And it does it all in that in the document format. When you get data, you tend to just typically get a bunch of information that can describe, let's say, a volume or, or a part or things like that, but not necessarily the context about what the author is trying to communicate to you when he created the document. So I always think about PDF as kind of being data with a purpose or data with a mm -hmm. context. And you can use it in an, in an engineering process. You can create uh, a document that has a bunch of different data that when you put it all together, it helps to describe something in a way that is very clear and relevant to the person who gets that document. And that's what it helps to set it apart from some of these other data formats is that it really is easy to communicate with a purpose what you want to do with that 3D data rather than just communicating the 3D data itself. Okay, so if it, I mean, so it's very clearly different. But So why do you think that there's still this maybe confusion or misconception that, you know, it's 3D PDF or STEP or some other data file. Why do you think there's this impression that it's an either or when really it should be both, right? Because you can put the data file inside the 3D PDF as well as a lot of other things, right? Why, why, why do you think right. there's that disconnect? Well, I think that's mostly just a historical point of view. Because in the CAD data that we are used to dealing with, it was just these data files without it, the, the other information that came yeah. with it. And they were, tend to be controlled by a specific vendor. So you have, uh, you have vendor-specific formats that get sent. Right. And those are not really all that inclusive. They tend to be uh, a bit of uh, a non-inclusive environment, right? So where they have only the data that's, that can be represented that particular vendor's format. And then when you have steps and, and other formats, those also tend to get developed with specific purposes in mind, but they tend to be uh, developed by one specific group and who looks at a set of workflows and develops a set of data for that. And they're not, don't look around so much at whether the other formats can do and whether you can use different parts of those or, or whatnot, because it's very difficult to make a, uh, a data format that can represent data from other systems in addition to the data that it knows about. So mm -hmm. STEP tries to do that by introducing a common data model, and it's very good at doing that, but it doesn't have the ability to represent things such as, let's say, audio 
or um, other types of document formats, because, uh, document data, because it's mm -hmm. not specifically what it's been tasked to do. When you look mm -hmm. at PDF, it started as a format that was meant to represent multiple other formats. So its life kind of started different. It wasn't started as a 3D format that was designed to describe 3D data. It was designed as a document format that was designed to describe print data and that was expanded to you know, add audio, video, uh, forms, data, all these other rich data sets that were added to it to make it a more a more advanced document language. And then the final one that got added to it has been 3D. So it started life as a document that you added 3D to. The other data format started as a 3D data format that you may add other, other uh, data to it to make it more document-like, but it always started with that 3D. Its purpose was just to describe shape and then to be used to describe uh, engineering data that you could use uh, with other applications. And mm -hmm. PDF, it was a, it would start its life as a document. It was meant to be given to somebody. It was meant to be interpreted by that person. So it really has a different, a different life history. And I think that that's the difference between them in engineering, we're used to dealing with the data formats, but never really so much the document formats. And then adding 3D to a document format has been what made PDF unique. And Dave, let's bring you into the conversation. Is some of this similar to what you hear when you're talking to customers or engaging with you know partners or even new customers about you know giving 3D PDF a try? Like, oh, I'm already using, you know, we've got our data file formats, and this is how we use them. Is, yeah. is some of this resonating? Absolutely. One of the <clears throat> things that, uh, you know, we do is talk to software developers, which is, you know, TechSoft's primary business about, you know, how they can implement the capability to produce these PDF files out of their application. And going to the question of, you know, why is adoption not ubiquitous? Uh, it certainly is accelerated and there's a lot of it out there. It's increasing all the time, but the questions we get from the software developers are a little different and they usually you know, revolve around technical issues, but their decisions to, to implement it tend to be driven by customer demand. And so there's a sort of a symbiotic relationship between what Phil's been talking about and the conversations that we have. People need to understand what it can do before they'll tell their application developers that, you know, that they would like to see this capability in the, in the applications that they're licensing. So that we're, we're starting to see more and more of that where people are contacting us and saying, you know, my customers are telling me I'd like to have this. I need to understand more about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, so, Part of what we do is educate the software developers on why it is that the customers like it. So they're they're very similar. They're just driven from different different uh, directions. Right, Jerry. Any anything additional you'd like to say on that? Well, well, I just I just wanted in my mind. Uh, I, I think of the the CAD vendors providing authoring tools, and you know, that that's great, and that that need to have that out there in the world of uh, you know, what's taking place and the enterprises. But it, it gets confusing when you try to pass that information on to other people that may not have a CAD system and also may want to get information out to people and you don't want them to be editing any of those files. So you don't want to have a editing or authoring capability within a document format. You just want to be able 
people to be able to, uh, at least the geometry, you don't want them editing the geometry. And I think PDF does serve a valuable purpose in that you can view it, you can query, you can measure, but you can't change it. And that adds a lot of value. And it does take mm-hmm. a while for companies and organizations to, to understand the capabilities and the ability to add a lot of contextual information like mm-hmm. Bill was talking about. So that's pretty much uh, what I can add to it. Okay. And and the word context, I think, is important to focus on also, right? Because another misconception we can talk about is how some people will say, well, I'll just zip all this stuff together and send it over to whoever needs to view it. But that, you know, there's no context there. And so it's you, the person opens the zip file, which what do they view first? What if they don't have the right program to view? So maybe Phil or Jerry, if you want to talk a little bit about you know, why 3D PDF is such a great alternative to, to zipping things. Not to say that zip isn't a good technology because, you know, I think we all use it for lots of different things. But in this particular situation, what are the advantages of using a 3D PDF instead of zip? Well, I, I, one example came up about a month ago. I was told about uh, somebody had put together a, a sophisticated CAD model with um they're putting together NC capabilities on, on that CAD model. And they wanted to send it out to another organization. And normally they would wait until everything's completed and, and send it out to whoever's going to be using that information. Well, what happened, they decided to go ahead and send the uh, 3D PDF file out to them ahead of time just to see if they could open it up and make sure that, uh, see if they needed any training and using it. Well, when the customer received it, they didn't even call back. They just opened it up and started looking at it. And when they were viewing the uh, geometry that was in the 3D PDF file, they recognized that uh, because the way the flange was situated, the the proposed toolpath that they were going to use over was not valid. And they were able to send that back to the engineers to re-engineer part of that. And so they did that before they got farther, you know, too far down the process mm-hmm. where it gets really expensive. So I, I think that this very brief antidote points out a lot of the features and benefits of using uh, PDF. It, it gives a person without any training, essentially, the ability to visualize what this 3D model is designed to do. So it, it has a contextual information uh, in, in that sense but also the details of, of how the different components of it fit together, what they look like, and also the, the end user can query the types of materials that each of the components is made of. But whatever information was put into the original CAD model is reflected in the 3D PDF file that you're viewing, that same model, and once it's been pulled in. So it's, it's, it's very rich, it's very fast, and it's easy to open. And that's mm-hmm. another uh, component of the whole process where it really has an advantage because you don't have to have a separate viewer for, for the CAD system, for example. Mm-hmm. And that's particularly important in, uh, let's say, in, in marketing areas. If somebody wants to use a CAD model for marketing purposes, uh, they, they don't have the CAD model themselves, but they can certainly look at a, a PDF file, 3D PDF file, and they can situate it. They can make some essentially... Cut some sections in it. They can 
visualize what drawings are looking at different views and they can say, wow, okay, this is the kind of thing that we want to do. They can change the appearance of it. They can do all the things that uh, were really difficult to do in the past. Yeah, and, and when you compare the PDF to a zip file, it has some even even more advantages uh, because one of the things that the PDF file does is it gives you structure. PDF can have attachments to it just like, so you can put multiple files in it exactly like a zip file. And PDF files are all compressed too. There's a bunch of different levels of compression they've used on a PDF file, so they tend to be very compact. And that includes the 3D data, you know, 3D data, both the data formats that can be used in PDF and the 3D PDF are very compact. And the PRC is, you know, so compression rates of up to 100 times smaller than the native CAD file. So it zips things together very well. But unlike a zip file, it also gives you some structure to that. So you can put things in a in a tree structure inside your PDF file. You can attach data to those. You can hyperlink the spots inside those data files when you open them. You can open them using JavaScript. You can do a number of different things so that when you get a PDF file that has a bunch of attachments, you can put information about what those attachments are and easily associate them with other parts of your document. So now you're not getting a bunch of disparate files that are in a directory structure. You're getting just a zip file of associated documents that and you know what each document is and how it relates to um, the other documents or the other data in your PDF file. And that's a real advantage. So a zip file works great, but if you have a bunch of data that's associated, putting it into a PDF file gives you a way to express that association in a very easily understandable way so that when you send it to somebody, they immediately know what it is and what, what it's used for. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an excellent point. I mean, I can speak from experience on the PR side, not trained as an engineer or even trained in, in any CAD software, but when receiving files that we would need to use in press releases or other, you know, PR marketing material, it, it, it's kind of a challenge, right? Uh, to be on the receiving end and figure out, okay, what do I do with this? How do I, uh, you know, what am I looking at? <laughs> right. Which, which is the best angle to show that, that sort of thing. So yeah, having that, that CAD model in the 3D PDF versus trying to download a viewer and try and figure out how to use it, I know that would have been, uh, that would have been phenomenal to have at the time. I, I didn't, so now so when I started working with TechSoft, I was kind of like, God, I wish I had known about 3D PDF a long time ago. <laughs> it would have made my life a lot easier. And, and to that point, you know, why, why do you think that there has, there's still not more awareness or more usage of 3D PDF? Do you think it's because people think of PDF as an old technology or it's just kind of one of those things where you just have to just keep promoting and promoting and promoting to, to spread the word? Well, this is Jerry. And I, when I came on board uh, a little over a year ago, I think it was, but uh, I, I didn't really have a, an idea of how much 3D PDF is being used. But as I started talking to people, I found out that it's really being used quite a bit. And okay. uh, probably one of the most compelling pieces of information came from a, a presentation by Boeing where they were talking about using 3D PDF to send out their technical data packages. Mm -hmm. And they, des they described the process. They, they had automated the process. Uh, the TDPs, technical data packages, consisted of a step model 
because a lot of times they want to send it in. Uh, they want well, they they want to send the step model because a lot of companies, a lot of vendors on the other side need to get that data into a different CAD system, and step does an excellent job of doing that, like Phil was uh, pointing about earlier. But in addition to that, they put a lot of other information that's relevant to the work that's going to be done at the other end. And they have it available for their customers. And uh, one of the one of the metrics that blew me away is the number of downloads that occur per week. And the the number was in excess of 75,000 wow. PDF files uh, wow. are downloaded from their website. That was probably a year ago, that information. I'm, I'm sure it's increased by then, mm-hmm. or since then. But uh, I, I got a better appreciation of how much it's actually being used. And one of, one of the challenges that we face is there are different ways of creating those PDF files depending on the, uh, the intended use. And we need to educate the users of 3D PDF and actually the creators, the ones who we say, okay, uh, I'll put this to a, a 3D PDF file. We need to educate them on some of the parameters that they can adjust. If size is an issue, size of the file is an issue, adjustments can be made. If precision and accuracy is, is an issue, there's adjustments that can be made to make it as practically as accurate as, as you need any 3D PDF file to be. So uh, those are some of the challenges that we're facing, and we happen to see more and more of that. And we need to get more involved in projects where 3D PDF is being used. Uh, we were at the, the Defense Manufacturing Conference last month at the end of November, and I talked to some folks who are involved with the National Center for Machining and Manufacturing, and they were describing uh, some of the problems that they were having in getting information through their projects and started talking to them, one of the project managers, about using 3D PDF. And they said, that can do that? You, you can actually visualize <laughs> the model? You can, and they had no clue. And mm-hmm. before, before the discussion was over, there was a, a desire to, to swap memberships because they, they felt like they could really use something like that in their, in their environment. So I think a lot of times uh, companies get caught in the technical weeds and mm-hmm. they don't realize uh, the items that are out there uh, that, that they can take advantage of at a very low cost. Uh, it's funny how I, th- I think it's just still going to be an education process, but a lot is being used a lot more than I thought uh, before. Yeah, this this is Dave. I'd I'd like to just add to that that one of the things we've seen. M- probably more over the last year than any time before. It's just uh, with with a, a line of products that TechSoft has that is are designed for small businesses uh, called our Tetra 4D product line, we've, we've had more people call up and ask to have a conversation about taking 50, 60, 70 people and equipping them with the ability to create these documents. And most of these companies, you know, have a few hundred people to maybe a thousand people, which is in that classic small business definition. And it never ceases to amaze me. There was one just the other day where somebody was looking for a hundred people that they wanted to equip to do something like this. The small companies, I think, have really embraced using this. And that's part of the reason you don't see it so much is because, you know, they're, they're, consuming it internally, they're doing it for their own purposes, and unless they hit the six o'clock news or some industry publication, you'd, you'd never know what's out there. 
Right. So. I'm curious of those, you know, the hundred people that they want to be able to use it. Are they telling you what their roles are? Like, are they all engineers or are they people in marketing, people in finance for, for whatever reason? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's part of the conversation, but I'm usually not in those conversations, so I I can't give you any sort of direct information. But you know, the tendency anecdotally seems to be not so much on the marketing side of things, but a lot more on communicating either with outside vendors in a lot of yeah. cases, or right. communicating with another part within the organization, like engineering trying to give something to manufacturing. As Phil mentioned, is that was workflow specific for what they're trying to do. So not, not so much on the marketing side. Okay, that's fair. Well, we're coming up on the end of our, of our time. So just a couple more things. You know, are there other benefits of 3DPF that we haven't covered that people should know about that you want to mention? Gary or Phil? Yeah, Phil, do you yeah, have any comments? Yeah, well, one thing that we didn't touch on and, and that it's really good for is uh, certainly is is documenting and archiving of engineering data. One of the things about engineering data, and data in particular, is that it tends to have a lifespan, which which you need to keep it around for. And we see a lot of new technologies that are working on how you can better collaborate in real time, and those are great. You can do that with 3D PDF as well. You can do real-time collaboration or, or email collaboration or, or the other types of things that you want to do with it. But when... After the collaboration is done, you often need to document something so you can have it either you can write a contract against it or use it in the regulatory or any other type of a process. And 3D PDF is really a great way to do that because it's an ISO standard. So it's going to be, you'll be able to read and write it forever. Uh, you know exactly what data is in it. All parts of it are becoming ISO standard so that there won't be any part of it that will be proprietary or you won't be able to have access to it. And then, and then the fact that you can use it with the reader or, or Bluebeam or other products in order to, to use it really gives it a long lifespan. And, it, and so documents that you need to have around that need to be complete, you can't have, you know, missing pieces of. PDF's a great thing for that, not just for just moving data around, communicating with it, but also making sure that it's around tomorrow or the next 10 or 20 or even 50 years. I'd like to, this is Jerry, I'd like to also add that when I, I worked for the Navy for about six years, and during that time period, we had a need to develop templates, and I realized that 3D PDF really lends itself to that. And so we had some, uh, we did some, some research and templates on inspection of waterfronts, and uh, it worked out as a great tool. So you have a 3D representation of a waterfront and be able to have it already set up in a model and and put information about the current status of the condition of the piers and the and all the all the different components of the waterfront. So I don't think people realize how how easy it is to customize it for specific purposes within within a, a company and an organization. I think those are two really important benefits to mention. With the archiving it's it reminds me of, you know, let's say if somebody's looking at a a very old blueprint of something that's actually no longer workable because it's uh, just such an old file format or it's just paper and you can't really do anything with it. Whereas if it was in a 3D PDF, it's archived, like you said, 50 years from now, it's something that you can much more easily work with. So, and it's a great point. Um, Dave, any other points you wanted to add in about 3D PDF and benefits that we haven't covered? 
No, I think I think Jerry and Phil pretty much covered it. We we talked a little bit just about the the ease at which you know adopting this fits into any organization's strategy because they 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 know how they handle documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever solution, whatever process they use, this just drops right in, and so uh, you know adoption is is low risk and low cost, and those are two things most companies <laughs> try to find whenever they can. So I, yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, I think we, we covered a lot of that as far as uh, ease of adoption with Dave Ewing on a, a previous podcast. So for our listeners, if you haven't heard that episode with Dave Ewing, I encourage you to go listen to that one because he talks a lot about how he was able to take it from a small group and now it's being used widely within his organization. And that happened quite easily and very affordably. So I think that was a great, great episode. So our last thing, Jerry and Phil is an audience challenge. So what is the one thing that you would like our audience to do after listening to this podcast? Well, I'd like the, I think they would really gain a lot of information by visiting our website at 3dpdfconsortium.org and look at the case studies that are there and download one of those just so they can get an idea of what 3D PDF can do. And while you're there, uh, there's a, a pull down about uh, presentations and there's one about Boeing. So you, a person, I think would get a lot to, to see what Boeing has been doing uh, with 3D PDF. And uh, it's, a, it's a good education process to see how it's being used. Mm-hmm. And then once you downloaded it, you know, make sure that you try the, the different parts of the PDF. You can put a comment on it and create a view and send that to somebody or measure it or, you know, take a look at the tool sets that are available in, in the reader and in Bluebeam View and other products that you can use because you'll see that they're really, they're really powerful tools that really help to communicate that 3D intent that you can use in your workflows or in your daily work to communicate with people who may not have the CDCAD. Excellent. And then once they are convinced after looking at your website, they can go over to TechSoft. Uh, 3D and, and look at the Tetra line of products and, and give it give it a try to start creating their own 3D PDFs. <laughs> so we'll include That's the right. links. We'll include the links to all of those sites and presentations and and so make things really easy for our listeners to access that information. So thank you, Jerry and Phil, for being here today with us. I think some really great information and clarifying some misconceptions about 3D PDF for our listeners. So thanks for being here with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks again, Dave. Your insight is always really helpful, and and we appreciate your time. Always a pleasure. And for our listeners, thank you again for for joining us on another episode of Beyond 3D. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, please do so now and share with some friends, colleagues, anybody that you think would be uh, interested in in hearing a little bit more about 3D PDF and might might find the information helpful. And with that, we'll, we'll say have a great day. Hope 2017 is going well for everybody so far and until next time you'll find us here on beyond 3d thank you for joining us on the beyond 3d podcast hosted by techsoft 3d be sure to subscribe on itunes and leave us a review or subscribe on soundcloud to listen to past episodes or learn more about techsoft 3d visit www.techsoft3d.com forward slash blog Send us comments and suggestions at info at techsoft3d.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again on the next episode of Beyond 3D.